Hallelujah. I want us to hear the word of God. I want you to salivate this morning for the word of God. I was sharing in the sunrise service that we must not lose our weapons. We must not ignore some weapons in our lives. And one of the weapons that we've been given in spiritual warfare is the weapon of the word of God. Be expectant this morning as the pastor comes to share the word of God with us. Open your heart. Allow the spirit of God to minister to you. Allow the word of God to cleanse you and wash you and heal you and encourage you this morning. Over to you, Evangelist Kumi. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's take our Bibles. Let's lift our Bibles. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you so much, Reverend. Let's lift our Bibles. Lift your Bible up. Lift your Bible up. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I do what it says. I should do. I go where it says. I must go. I love God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, musicians. In the name of Jesus. We can take our seats, but I want us to read from the scriptures. 1 Samuel 22. 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 to 3. We're going to read the scriptures. 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 to 3. Open your Bible from the book of 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 to 3. In the name of Jesus. 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 to 3. In case you do not have... A Bible, I've got the scriptures there, so we're going to read at the count of three. One, two, three. So David left Geth and took refuge in the cave of when his brothers and the rest of his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. Verse two. And all who were distressed or indebted or discontented rallied around him and he became there about 400 men were with and all that were distressed, indebted or discontented rallied around him. Let's look at verse 3. From there, David went to Mizpeh of Moab, where he said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and mother stay with you until I learn what God would do for me. Praise God. Let's also read Psalms 13, verse 3. Or let's do Psalms 13, verse 3. At the count of three, one, two, three. 
Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep in the sleep of... Hallelujah. I want on our apostolic parents, Bishop Colin and Seranyati, probably are wondering who are they. Those are the founders of Harvesters International. They are they our beautiful uh, apostles. Hallelujah. I also want to honor our reverend, the lead of Harare City Hub One, the hub that we are in, Harare City Hub One, Reverend Ntuturu. Hallelujah. I also want to honor all the leaders in this house, our elders in Dumo. also want to honor uh, my wife. I want to honor all the departmental leaders and also thank God for the beautiful opportunity to minister the gospel. I'm going to be ministering on leadership in trying times. Lessons from David. Hallelujah. So, first of all, I'm going to give you an introduction. Then lessons from the cave of Adulam where David was. So I'm going to minister on, I'm going to give you an introduction, lessons from the cave of Adullam, where we've read David fled and went to the cave of Adullam, and then the stamina of good leaders, and then I'm going to give you a, a conclusion. Hallelujah. And so if we read from the scriptures, especially from the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, we're going to learn uh, many things from the life of David, what he went through. Hallelujah. So as an introduction, I would say we are all called to leadership. And David's life shows that we can actually lead in trying times. You remember the story of David? Huh? His struggle started after defeating Goliath. And King Saul became jealous of David's success and decided to kill David. Remember, David, you know, his successful leadership life, you know, the people there, the Israelites were shouting, could Saul has killed a thousand? And David has killed tens of thousands. Hallelujah. We will face those moments in our life, even as we continue to go up the ladder of leadership. So King Saul's stress caused David to leave and run for his life. So David ended up in a cave in the wilderness. So David, hallelujah. So it's the cave of Adullam, hallelujah. David found hope in this dark hour because troubles and temptations always pushed him toward the Lord. So David encouraged himself in the Lord when King Saul was pursuing him. Hallelujah. So dark times revealed the type of leaders he was. Dark times, they revealed the type of leader David was. Let me ask you a beautiful question. What happens when you are in trying times? What happens when you are in trying times? The theme is called leadership in trying times. We see from the life of David that he ran to the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. What happens to you? Hallelujah. Do you run to the Lord? Do you run to the Sangomas? Do you run to your parents? Do you run to... Uh, I don't know where you run to. But that's a beautiful question that you need to answer for yourself. I'm going to give you the caves in leadership, what I call caves in 
leadership. Hallelujah. Some of the caves that we find, as long as we are called to be Christians, as long as we are called to be leaders, hallelujah, the first one, or if our key scripture there is what we read from 1 Samuel 20 verse 2. And all those, as David, when he went to the cave of Adullam, those that were distressed, those that were indebted, and those that were discontented, they rallied around him. So can you imagine this situation? When you are in your low moments, when you think you are going to be joined by mighty men of valor, and then we have got stress, we have got deaths, and those that uh, are discontented. Hallelujah. Those are the 400 men that were with him. Hallelujah. So that's why we are driving. The first cave that we see is the cave of discontentment. Hallelujah. What is it? What is discontentment? Hallelujah. It's lack of satisfaction with one's possessions, status, or a situation. So when you speak about the cave of discontentment, we are saying this is a situation when... We have a sense of grievance. That's why we are still in a sense of grievance. Hallelujah. So the cave of discontentment, you, you don't have contentment. You have got a sense of grievance. When not addressed, a situation of discontentment, hallelujah, we're going to cripple your life as a believer. This situation is going to cripple you. 1 Timothy 6 verse 6 says, But godliness, umari, with contentment, is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Hallelujah. So David and his men, they were found in this situation. He was joined by 400 men that were not satisfied. That had a sense of grievance. So we need to pray to overcome discontentment. When you find yourself in a situation of discontentment, Pray to God and say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's read together this scripture. Psalms 139, verse 23 to 24. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's the prayer that you need to make when you're in a situation of discontentment. Hallelujah. Pray to God and search me. Hallelujah. That's the first cave that we find in the scripture. The cave of discontentment. Hallelujah. The second cave is the cave of discouragement. Hallelujah. When you are discouraged. Many Christians find themselves in a situation where they are discouraged. It comes from the adversary, hallelujah. The enemy always press you, press you to the corner, press you to the cliff. Discouragement comes in many ways, hallelujah. It could be many situations in your marriage life, could be situations in your relationship, at work, you may be discouraged. Even in the house of the Lord, you may find some Christians 
discouraged. Hallelujah. David had been anointed. Look at this story. David had been anointed, anointed by God to be Israel's next king. But between that time when he was anointed to that point when he would eventually take over from King Saul, that took a number of years. That's when he faced the cave of Adullam. Hallelujah. So in between, he faced discouragement. Inasmuch he was anointed. Let me tell you that being a Christian does not remove you from facing discouragement. Being a believer, it does not mean that you will not be discouraged at one time in a moment. So you need to press to God. David remembered his God and how he had delivered him so many times in the past. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. David would remember and so I cannot be discouraged. That's why when David was now in the cave of Adullam, what did he do? He had to remember the great things that God had done for him. When discouragement raised up his ugly head in an attempt to tie you down, you need to rebuke, hallelujah, did you hear me? You need to rebuke discouragement. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, I want us to read together this scripture so that we rebuke that imagination which is not good. At the count of three, I want us to read 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. One, two, three. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So let me tell you that most people whom you, you hear that, I don't know what stress, I don't know what BP, I know some even got the point of committing suicide, hallelujah, is the thoughts, it starts in the mind and develops and develops. So scripture is instructing us that we need to rebuke, we need to reject, we need to deny through the word of God, hallelujah. So we need to cast down all those imaginations. We need to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, hallelujah. I don't want you to be discouraged as a Christian. Say to your neighbor, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. In the wake of COVID-19, some people are discouraged. Some people lost their jobs. Some people, even their marriages have been strained. But you need to rebuke. Hallelujah. You need to wake up every morning. That time you wake up for an hour to pray. Also check whether your imaginations are aligning to the word of God. Hallelujah. Let's go to the other cave that we find in the scripture. The cave of distress. The cave of distress. So these men... 400 men that joined David were now in the cave of distress. Hallelujah. In Adullam, they found themselves with distress. So distress, suffering, misery, agony mean the state of being in great trouble. So I've given you causes of distress. Sometimes it's sickness. It causes distress. And an anticipated job loss, 
The people have lost their jobs. Marriage and family difficulties. This one, I'll tell you, that this one presses people to the edge. This one presses people to the cliff. Someone in Anjana Mati, following up someone yesterday and said, when are you coming to church? And they said, we are just going through a rough patch. We don't know when you are coming to church. And we don't know. That's the cave of distress. Wayward children, a grueling and monotonous work schedule. I know many people that when God has promoted them, thank God, we pray for them as leaders. But when we are in that cave, hallelujah, you forget everything. You forget to come to church. You forget to wake up. You are distressed. Hallelujah. You need to be a person who balances. Hallelujah. Balance your work with ministry. Hallelujah. Balance your work with serving God. Last the whole of last week, hallelujah. I was I was in Mpandawana way, traveling the length and breadth of good doing some project on wetland assessment. Hallelujah. And so I missed last Sunday. Hallelujah for those that came to church. You saw me, I was not there. But I told the team that I was with that this coming Sunday I have to be in church because the program was supposed to end today. But I said I can't miss more than, I can only miss one, but not two, not three, not four. How about you? Ask your neighbor, how about you? How many Sundays, consecutive Sundays have you missed? How many consecutive Distress results in emotional darkness. Hallelujah. So we need to overcome distress. We need to overcome. David left Geth and was so alone that he despairs. That's why he wrote Psalms 13. When he had the feelings of despair, abandonment, and loneliness, and hopeless situation. So that's why Psalms 13 verse 1. As how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Psalm 61 verse 2 says, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Hallelujah. Um, I want us to read together Psalm 61 verse 2, the last verse there. Mapesarimas kiste one verse two. This is how David would respond to those loneliness situations, to those situations when he was in despair. He would say, Let's read together. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Yes. That's how David would respond to these situations. Situations of despair. You would say, Kadamoe wangu. Kadamoe wangu arwaza. Kadamoe wangu arwaza. situations. Ditunga mire kudombo. Ragapira kunditarika. A rock that is stronger than I. Where do you run to? Where do you run to? Do you run to a sangoma? Where do you run to? Do you run to my prophet? I've realized that if a Christo, I went to Gumbo Church, ne Gumbo Kunganga, Hallelujah. I that is Jimfundis. Someone was telling me, is Jimfundis a stumble to church? I will come and I sorted my things. Let me tell you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. All the situations you need to say, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than. 
that should be our situation. That should be our prayer. That's how we should respond to those situations. When you're in the cave of distress, hallelujah. Don't go to Nanga. Don't go to Maprofita. Don't go to those churches. Hallelujah. Don't go to the, those churches. You want Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. The last cave is the cave of death. The cave of death. Varume 400, who joined David, they were in debt. Debt is the state of owing money. If you've ever been in a situation where you owe someone money, when they call you, you think when they pass through your office, when they greet you down the stairs, yeah? debt sucks energy. Debt makes us feel poorer than we are. Debt discourages generosity. Check, check, check yourself. They don't give. Debt affects our view of God's provision. Debt is a form of slavery. Let me tell you why debt is a form of slavery. Many people, they even run away from church. I'll tell you. It will be a brother or a sister who is in debt. When they are overwhelmed, they don't run to the rock. They run away from church. With those situations. I think you have seen some posts that I posted on our platform. It had come from Reverend. Don't be in debt. trust. We need to trust each other, right? But don't just be careless with money. Hallelujah. Even Pamalidas Edu, don't just be careless with money. Just do your groundwork. Whatever, whatever. But just do your groundwork. Because debt is dangerous. Mm? Even the elect, sometimes they are found wanting in this. But Proverbs 22 verse 7, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the... Proverbs 22 verse 7, the rich and the borrower is the... Hallelujah. So such is the situation that these men found themselves in. So as a summary, I gave you four caves that we find. Number one, we say the cave of discontentment. Number two, the cave of... Number three, the cave of... Number four, the cave of... Let me give you the stamina of good leaders. Tawona to Varume 400, that were with David, the state that they were in. But there's something that shows the stamina of good leaders. Hallelujah. What is this? Number one, good leaders, they kept it. Good leaders, they kept it. So David, imagine the situation. He was hiding, fleeing from King Saul. He was in the cave of Adullam. And the people who were in counseling and therapy and worse off than he went where David was. He became a captain over them. These men may have looked like failures, but God had great plans for them. Hallelujah. So David, as a great leader, as a good leader, his attitude was saying, let me raise this man. 
to become great men. So he captained them. Hallelujah. I don't know what situation you are. I always find my Christians when they travel to a different town or trying to church. Yeah? When they travel to a different country, they don't go to church. Hallelujah. But David, he fled and went to the cave of Adullam. And what happened? He captained 400. Do you know how 400 is a great number? You need to be a pastor to know 400 people is not a joke. So David had these men who were weak, who were in debt, who were distressed, who had all these problems, but he kept in them. Whenever you find yourself in a situation which is discouraging, begin to captain people. Begin to show leadership. Hallelujah. That's why some people never evangelize to their relative. They think, how can I tell my relative about Jesus Christ? But David, he kept in these 400 men who were discouraged. Many of our relatives, they are sick. Many of our relatives are in debt. Many of our relatives, they are in distress. Hallelujah. But we need to lead them. We need to captain them. Hallelujah. We need to tell them about Jesus. As I always say, gone are the days when we used to stand on the pulpit and testify, praise the Lord. I'm the only person in my family who is born again. No testimony like that. It's not even a testimony. You need to captain them. You need to tell them about Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. How many of your relatives are not born again? I just want to ask you a question. How many of your relatives are not born again? Some time ago, we made a call to say, give us names of your relatives who are not born again. I did not find many names. Maybe blessed are you. Your relatives are born again. Mine are not born again. So whenever there's that opportunity in church, I invite them. The fact that some will exit my groups and churches, that's none of my business. But I do the thing. I just invite them. I submit their names. Hallelujah. So God calls us. Sometimes it may not be those 400 people, but it calls us to lead two people to captain four, to captain five, to captain tens, hundreds, one thousand plus. Hallelujah. So leaders, they captain. Number two, they triumph. Triumph is a theme that runs throughout the Bible. One of the most famous examples, the story of David and Goliath. Hallelujah. David killed the Philistine giant Goliath with a story from his slingshot. So with the help of God, David triumphed over Goliath. Hallelujah. And many, many years later, David was able to defeat many other kingdoms, many other nations that were rising against Israel. Hallelujah. So triumph is a theme. Whenever you read the Bible, you almost feel that every other chapter is speaking about triumph because eventually Christ is going to triumph. Make us triumph. Hallelujah. Christ is going to try, make us triumph over our situations. Hallelujah. Because he's also going to rule with us. So we see a story of David that he triumphed over the situation. In the next slide, I give the example of an eagle that can rise above a storm, above the clouds. This gives the eagle an opportunity to glide and raise its wings as it soars above the clouds. Hallelujah. Just go above, above the clouds so that it trains over those, maybe the, the hurricanes, the storms, and everything that comes against its way. Hallelujah. 
David thrives together with the other men. I want us to read together 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. 1, 2, 3. Now thanks be unto God, which always cause us to triumph in Christ. Hallelujah. And maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. I like the part that says he caused us to triumph. In Christ. Hallelujah. So when you are appointed to be a leader, you need to triumph over the situation. You are not given a department and say, Ajite, hallelujah. Actually, remember, yesterday when I was talking to Reverend, she was saying, I think we were saying, five people have only registered for that morning service. And so I got the shock of my life when statistics were posted on our pastor's platform to say that 50 people, over 50 people, were in that morning service, the sunrise service, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. Do you have any situation that is troubling you? You need to triumph over it. You don't need to be in distress. You don't need to be in your cocoon. You don't need to say, Ajite. Hallelujah. Let me give you another point. Number three, they have great faith. The stamina of godly leaders, of good leaders, they have great faith. So faith is the opposite of fear. Whenever you are in fear, know that faith is running away from you. David and this man were of great faith. Imagine Saul was pursuing David all the time. And so David's level of faith rose. And also of the men that were together with him. For them to overcome the challenges, it meant that they were people of great faith. Leaders are not afraid of challenges. Rather, they relish them and use them profitably. Hallelujah. Do you have any situation that is troubling you? You need to be a person of faith. Hallelujah. That you can overcome that situation. You need to say that I'm going to overcome. Point number four. Those men of great stamina, they are faithful. God took the faithfulness of David and eventually made him king instead of king Saul. Hallelujah. So David was faithful with the little. He was instructed by God to kill Goliath. He was very, very, very faithful. He overcame the small battles. And Saul was made to overcome. In fact, he overcame the bigger battles because he was faithful with the smaller battles. Hallelujah. So there's a statement that says, faithfulness is an expensive gift. Don't expect it from cheap people. Faithfulness is an expensive gift. Don't expect it from cheap people. Hallelujah. Are you a faithful person? If you are given a cell group, small cell group of two people, are you faithful? To make it grow to five. To make it grow to ten. If you are given a service, do you grow it to great numbers? If you are given a sign, even at work, do you grow it to great numbers? Hallelujah. David was faithful. So he was given a greater assignment. The opposite was Saul. King Saul was not faithful. That's why the kingdom was taken away from him. Hallelujah. Point number five. 
Great leaders of stamina, they transform ordinary people to mighty men. God gives them the assignment to transform ordinary people to mighty men. I just wanted to give you this scenario. You can also go and read. Look at what the Bible has to say about David's men. Those 400 men, hallelujah, eventually they grew in number. But in 2 Samuel 23, verse 8 to 12, they are listed these men, this be the names of the mighty men whom David had. As in the Taj Monite that sat in the city, chief among the captains, the same was Adino, the ace knight. He lifted up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. It goes on to speak about Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David. It goes on to, to list the men that, that joined David. But remember, few years back, few years back, this man men were in a situation of distress, of debt, of discouragement, but eventually they were able to, uh, to overcome the battles. Hallelujah. Let me tell you that if you're a good leader, you also raise other leaders, but you also have to sit under uh, the leadership of great men. Hallelujah. As in this apostolic house, we've got our Apostles, hallelujah, our bishops, hallelujah. We so believe that ministry is made easier. Winning souls is made easier because, you know, we also tap into their shoes in the anointing that is also upon their lives, hallelujah. And so these men, they were under the leadership of David. David was used by God to transform their ministry into powerful ministry, hallelujah. Do you look yourself at yourself now and say, ah, I'm not able. Many, many times we ask people to, can you lead a department? Can you lead a service? Some, they look at themselves and say, I'm not able. Can you lead intercession? Can you lead music? Can you sing? People look at themselves and say, I'm not able. But the men that were weak, when they ran to David, they were transformed to mighty men. Hallelujah. Number six, they survived storms. If you're a great leader, you need to survive storms. Storms come as long as we serve in God's house. As long as they are, they are Christian, we are Christians, we face storms. Storms, they come in marriage sometimes. You need to survive them. Storms, they come at workplaces. You need to survive them. David survived some of these storms. Hallelujah. This is, I think it should be the book of Isaiah that says, So shall they come, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. I like the part that says, when the enemy shall come like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Hallelujah. Brethren, let me tell you that you need to survive storms. As long as you are in Christ Jesus, you need to survive the storms. For you to survive storms. Hallelujah. A story is told, not only a story, but the situation that happened during the cyclone in Shimani Mani, hallelujah. Let me tell you what happened. Some people, most that fled away, hmm? most that fled away, they were trying to flee. So it had rained the previous day. It was around 14 March, 14 March in, in 20, 2019. So great rains came over 
over a period of 24 hours, the whole day it was raining in Shimaniman and Shiping areas. And so, around 12 midnight, there came a wave of water and boulders and big stones. That's how it happened. And so some people tried to flee away. When you hear some families narrating, most of these ones who were trying to flee away, some that remained, let's say, at one place or in the house, some they survived. But most people who were washed away were those that were trying to run away. Hallelujah. A sad situation. But what am I speaking about? You need to remain in the house of the Lord. You will face many challenges. My storms are outside the house of the Lord. You will not be able to survive over them. Hallelujah. It's so sad when you phone some people and say, when are you coming to church? Someone tells you, I'm facing a storm. But when you face a storm, we teach each other how to pray. Because the Bible says, how blessed it is when one is a psalm, when one is a testimony, we encourage each other to survive the storms. Say to your neighbor, don't miss church. Don't miss church. Don't miss prayer time. Don't miss prayer time. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. And point number seven, they survive pressure. I'll tell you about issue of pressure. Pressure will always come as long as you are in the house of the Lord. We need to overcome pressure. Pressure brings frustration. Have you ever seen someone under pressure? Some people are going to pressure. <laughs> they leave church. Pressure. They run away from their families. Pressure. Running away from your marriage. Pressure. Let me tell you even, Aswarume, hallelujah. Don't run away from the marriage. Pressure. Let's not run away from families. Hallelujah. Senior Reverend always says the different boss, you'll be running away from your wife or from your husband, thinking that there's a better person outside there. The difference between myself and that husband of yours is just a zero point something percent. So when you run away from your husband, thinking that you are going to get a better one, you will find all those other problems multiplied by 10 coming across your way. So don't run away from marriage. Don't run away from your husband. Hallelujah. Don't run away from your wife. Can I have an amen, married people? Hallelujah. Pressure, pressure. Pressure, you know, push her to the cliff. Pressure, you know, push her to the cliff. But you need to survive. You need to survive. When I was in Chimaniman last year in November, we met this man who survived Cyclone Nine. How did he survive? He says I was swept. And I'm going to run And so Then I saw that my hands would become weak. And I took my belt. Because if my hands fail, the belt will help me. He survived the pressure. Hallelujah. Brethren, we need to survive pressure. I'm a pastor, I'll tell you some of the things that we cancel people, they have to do with money. Maria Shaikwa Mumba pressure. Three AM. While chasing away your husband to go and look for money. Hallelujah. So can Maria Shaikwa Mumba? Let's not push each other. Sometimes you push by your actions. Sometimes you push in a muromo. Hallelujah. But pressure is pressure. Whether they're my actions, whether they're muromo, don't give your spouse pressure. 
relationship. Don't give your boyfriend pressure. Yes, it's good to get married, but don't give him pressure. Hallelujah. Pressure in my actions. Don't give someone pressure. Don't give someone pressure. Don't pressure. Hallelujah. I was counseling a young person from Chirezi. check after two weeks. The strategy reverend, the lady wanted to give the guy pressure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't give each other pressure. My pressure of life, Akawanda. My pressure. Some of you who are married, you may be pressured. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How can I grow vegetables underwater? Hallelujah. Don't go to Nanga. Don't go to Porofita. Hallelujah. In fact, I was teaching one of the days here and saying they use Anusma. It's a familiar spirit. A familiar spirit in the equity. The kind of Kunanga right now. In Onduza. Hallelujah. Because they also use the spiritual realm, but in the negative, in the dark spiritual realm, there's the light, light spiritual realm, light as unity. Hallelujah. The dark spiritual world, what happens is that Hallelujah. They'll be speaking. They, so familiar spirit, they also know in the spiritual realm. So you can ask God, accurate. Then you say, Hallelujah. That's not the measure. Hallelujah. Musaroma so someone is asking, so Twitter say, Pastor, what do we do? Pressure will come. Memorial service is not bad. Hallelujah. You know what you do in a memorial service? Senior Reverend taught us and said in a memorial service, you just cherish the life of that person. What they were doing when they were alive. Let's say your father was a teacher, was a headmaster. You just remember the lives that that person influenced. Hallelujah. And then you recall how he impacted the family, the society, what he did for you as kids. And you end there. He's in another world. Hallelujah. You need to just save Jesus. He's the one who protects you. That's how you conduct memorial services. Huh? That's how you just conduct memorial services. In short, I think just that celebrate their life and end there. Do not go to the Gula and begin to detember and Muchidira Doro, Muchidira Muchaiwa, Muchidira Ngoto, Muchidira Mangisi, all these forms of beer. Hallelujah. Some are looking at me and say, What are those? Those are Greek words. Hallelujah. So we need to survive pressure. Sometimes pressure comes. 
Hallelujah. Maybe your department is not growing. You now have pressure. That's why some pastors, they go to Nigeria. They go to these fine places. Hallelujah. To go and say, I want my church to grow. I want my service to grow. pressure. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, pressure. I feel like hitting this one before I conclude. Just one or two points before I conclude. Pressure. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, sisters, do not, you need to survive that pressure. You need to survive pressure. Don't work to our 28, or 30, or 35. In the right time, God makes it beautiful. Everything is beautiful in its time and in God's time. An equal yoke. So our sisters, most of the times, what you do, Kadamas or Shigakuma, twenties and thirties, Muneta pressure, Musaita pressure, hallelujah. So pressure, you know, the Pakut You begin to see your other colleagues, they are married, they are ring, and sometimes you look like you're the only one, never fool yourself, think that I can go and pick Kamoabite. Chukoramarot, don't pick from the Moabites. Don't pick from the Jebusites. Don't pick from the Gigashites. Help me. What are the other new designs? Musa Pika. My Hittites. My Moabites. My Canaanites. Help me to remember some of those. My Philistine. My Philistine. Philistine. The pastor. You know what? I may not be able to see what this is a Philistine. As we cannot cheat God. Hallelujah. When that Philistine is now going good oro, when that Philistine you come and say, Pastor, 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 Hallelujah. So don't take those ones. You need to survive pressure. Say to your neighbor, survive pressure. Survive pressure. Why some people are not coming to church? I'm going to school, survive pressure. Pressure in Oekubas. I'll tell you an example that I was just deep there in Mpandawana for the whole week. But I said, I need to go. Let's finish our job on time. I need to travel. Hallelujah. Some people just said, ah, you need to survive pressure. Hallelujah. You need to survive pressure. Let me go to the last or second last point. Hallelujah. They are patient. Leaders that have got the stamina are patient. And this statement, if you are patient with one moment of anger, you will escape a thousand days of sorrow. If you are patient with one moment of anger, you will escape a thousand days of sorrow. When you were in, in a good, I was doing some work with some, um, some few ladies, so they were just asking random questions as we were driving, the length and the breadth. So just saying, in any pastor, and I said to them, some words cannot be reversed. You need to be so, you know, to save your words. Your tongue, let it be safer. You know, safer my words. If you look at sorry, but my sugar, I'm going to 
Hallelujah. Tuko shinzwa here especially us. Bana mai, bana sister, mashoko especially in families. Mashoko etinotaura, you know, against our in-laws. Sometimes they will be far reaching and they've devastating consequences. Let us just mind the ways that we speak. Hallelujah. Patient people also survive anger. Some people excel earlier in life than others. Some people they excel earlier. Some they go into marriages earlier. Hallelujah. Some people want to roar at 22, 23, and it goes only well. You want me to 34. You need to be patient. Don't let their timeline affect yours. Because Tinema differs. Timelines in life. Hallelujah. Even I want my scholarship to go abroad, but don't be pressured. Hallelujah. Some people will get opportunities, they will be promoted earlier in life than you. Even in the house of the Lord, some people become departmental leaders earlier than you, but don't be under pressure. Just be patient. You know what? David killed Goliath whilst he was 18. Actually, teenager, David killed Goliath. But it was not until he was 30 years old that he became a king. Imagine teenager, let me just say, maybe skipping 17. But it had doubled the number of years because of a king. So, Kashoti victory today does not necessarily mean you are now there. Kashot temporary victory in your life does not mean you have arrived. David killed Goliath at the age of 17, but he became a king at the age of 30. So don't celebrate early to my temporal victories, to my high peaks in life, because when you go into a peak, you may also go into a valley. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So don't celebrate early. Continue being patient. Continue pushing. It may take years before you triumph over some limits in your life. A setback doesn't determine your destiny or your destination. Then lastly, they inquire from the Lord. My leaders are next stamina. They inquire from... I want to give you a scenario here or a scripture that shows that many times David inquired of the Lord... <laughs> Let me tell you what was happening. King Saul was putting pressure. Your pressure, King Saul right pressure. King Saul was putting pressure. Many times in the scriptures, we see David inquiring of the Lord. So your strategies to deal with life pressures are obtained from the closet. That's the story. Look at Samuel 23. Two Samuel are the sister that we are reading. Uh, 23 verse 4. So, then David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Kelia, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hands. Uh-huh. So, in the book of 1 Samuel, 23 verse 4, David inquired. David was always inquiring. Pangaripa pressure, you'd inquire. Let me ask you, can I under pressure? Uri under situation of distress, do you inquire from the Lord? I was counting to in the morning how many times I saw in the book of 1 Samuel, it's about more than 20 times, and David inquired of the Lord, and David inquired of the Lord, and David inquired of the Lord, and David inquired of the Lord. When you want to get married, do you inquire of the Lord? 
I was chatting with some young people, hallelujah, at the University of Zimbabwe where I work, and I was saying to them, so, can you answer my relationship? No, I'm coming at say. And then some of them said, uh, Pastor, in the church, so they told me, as near as the Rudas, the scripture. David inquired of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's always good to inquire, even your spouse. No, no, Muskana get us say, Mukoma get us say. You know, you know, you present to God the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. And when someone presents to you, because let me tell you, as the relation, what happens, and sometimes you'll be looking for someone. But there can also be a situation where someone presents themselves. That's why our brothers or our sisters don't be confused. It's a, it's a little bit easier to pursue. But there can also be someone, an easy target. Hallelujah. So some, they will just say, they don't need to inquire from God because Hallelujah. Every situation, whether someone presents themselves or you are the one who is pursuing, you need to inquire from the Lord. If you don't do that, I'm forgetting the first, but you know, it sounds, and it's better to, to Garamumba, you know, it's a dripple and it's elder, than to, to stay with a condensers or Kandangaras, <laughs> eh, set your neighbor, Kandangaras, Kandangaras. That way, let's not be Kandangaras men and Kandangaras women. We need to inquire from the Lord. Hallelujah. And today, I feel like I need to hit yes, my relationship and marriages because, you know, the after, after honeymoon, after my white wedding, sometimes it's high. Amongst the brethren. So I need to tell you, Kuti, inquire from the Lord so that you don't experience my heartbreaks. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Then David inquired of the Lord. That's what you would only do. And lastly, as I conclude, I want us to read Psalms 13, verse 3. But first to tell you that God doesn't, doesn't have a desire for us to be in those distressed moments, to be in discontentment, to be in death, to be in a state of discouragement. He wants us to, you know, to live a, 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 a joyful life, glorious life, a life of victory, a life that shows that we are Christians. Enjoy as Christ to. God wants us to live victorious life. Hallelujah. As leaders, He also wants us to lead in trying times. Hallelujah. One of the reasons why we are in this church as a country is because maybe we have not had leaders who can lead in trying times. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. And so, David says, consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. I don't mind about the last part of the verse, but I want those keywords. words. As consider. Hmm? We know when, you, when, you, when you speak to someone, you say consider. When you speak to the Lord, you say, Lord, consider. Hallelujah. It means you want the Lord to have attention 
And hear me. And hear me. Hallelujah. You need to wake up, young person. You need to wake up. Muchinamata. Hallelujah. Someone was telling me just a story. Kutukumba kwedukuno. Kunetuano. No muka kuseni. Vashino roa mapira. Vachenda kunganga. Vachi agenes kuti vasabudire. The other members of the family vasabudire. So sometimes the way we don't pray. Isn't sometimes the way we, we are faint Bakuna Mata? Meta Kunatuma issues. If only you know the issues that are in your family, you would simply wake up and to pray. Panos prayer when it's the year, year, seven to nine o'clock. By the way, you've got a prayer platform that we pray from seven to nine. If you're not in that platform, please consider joining. If an organator, I was deep in the field, but I was just able to follow my scriptures. And I encourage myself in the Lord. Hallelujah. So you need to wake up and pray and say, Hear me, O God. Consider me. Consider and hear me. O Lord, my God, enlighten my eyes. Not only the physical eyes but also the spiritual eyes. Hallelujah. Uh, can I have musicians just briefly, that we just pray? I want musicians on stage. Let's stand on our feet. Hallelujah. I want you to pray and say, Lord, consider and hear me. Oh, Lord, my God, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death in the name of Jesus. You need to be strong. You need to be strong in reading the word. You need to be strong in prayer. You need to be strong in knocking. You need to be persistent. Hallelujah. You need to be strong. You need to be consistent. You need to knock. You need to say, Lord, hear my prayer. Hallelujah. Such what your leader or your parents or your pastors. You need to engage God. That was a prayer by David. Engaging God. I just want us to engage God. Hallelujah. So many ways of engaging God. God, through reading the scriptures, through prayer, just through worship, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, sing for us as a, as a very spiritual song. We just want to lift our our hands to the Lord and just worship Him, in the name of Jesus. Just briefly, just one two minutes. Let's speak in other tongues and also be ready to worship. Rika samandarakasa. I want us to lift, I want us to, to consider, to say, God, consider, hear my prayer. I want us to engage God in the name of Jesus. Just for two minutes, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you, in the name of Jesus. Help us to survive pressure. Help us, Lord, to survive pressure, in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, we engage you today in the name of Jesus. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords in the name of Jesus. In trying times like David, when his heart was overwhelmed, he would say, Lead me to the rock. Stronger than I. Lead us, Lord, to the rock. Stronger than I. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you. We lift our hands to you. We worship you. We lift our hands to you. Praying, Lord, to you. Consider our prayers. Consider our prayers. In the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord. Oh, yes. Are you, Lord God? 
We love you, King of Kings. Oh, my oh yes. We are worthy to be praised. Worthy. You are worthy to be worshipped. In the name of Jesus. Worthy is the land. Oh, yes. You are holy. Beloved, hallelujah. Woo, what a word, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, I enjoyed the word today, amen and amen. You know, guys, as the word of God comes to us, we must show that we are enjoying the word. We must express, we must learn to say amen when the word of God is being preached, hallelujah. Amen. I mean, the players we must do that with the word of God to show that it's good it's tasting good to our mouths hallelujah we only enjoy in God's house the entrance of God's word to you must cause you to enjoy, you must show good. Your, your, your spiritual tongue must salivate to the word. You are enjoying. This word was good, beloved. I mean, I enjoyed the word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, 
Some of us were here from morning. We started the 7 o'clock service in the morning from 7 to 8. I attended first service. I'm here. I will leave here at 4. Hearing the word of God. You must show that you are hearing. You are enjoying. It. It's changing you. It's transforming you. Are we hearing each other? Evangelist, thank you so much for pouring your heart to us today. May I enjoy it. I believe that our lives are being straightened. Our marriages, those who are in marriage, those who are in love relationships, young people who are not yet married, young men. Hallelujah. Hey.